Good morning, Pompano. How are you guys doing this morning? Awesome, awesome. Hey, my name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're with us this morning as we're ending this series called Manifesto, where we've been just talking about our vision and our values and, and where we're going as a church. I think it's really, really important that at the beginning of every year, we just kind of reset, refocus, get on track for, for where we want to go because it's so easy to drift from, from where we want to be. It's just a natural tendency of life to drift away from the direction that you want to take. And, and so I'm really excited about today. Uh, in fact, I, I've normally talked pretty fast, but today's going to be like a whole nother level um, of, of talking fast because I got about 40 minutes to pack into 30 minutes. And so I'm going to tell you just, just listen quick today, okay? Listen quick because it's going to be a little, little, little fast. Um, for this. And so we've been in this series called Manifesto, and we've been talking about where we're going. And we started this series by looking at this verse out of, out of Philippians uh, chapter 2, where it says, Then you will shine a lot among them like stars in the sky. He says, We've been talking about this idea that, that part of the mandate, part of the responsibility as a Christ follower is, is that we're to shine and we're to shine bright in this world, that we're to be a light, that, that when we're to shine, that there is a purpose, that there is a plan, that God has got a responsibility for us as believers to be light in a dark world. And as you look at the world and as you look at what's happening, as you read the newspaper or you watch the news and you see terrorism, you see school shootings, you see all this craziness, it seems like our world is getting darker and darker and darker all the time, doesn't it? I mean, that is just the reality of life is that it seems like it's getting so dark but yet at the same point, the darker it gets in the world, the brighter we shine for Jesus. The more we can extend love, the more we can extend compassion, the more we can extend grace to a dark place and all of a sudden light up the sky and light up our community that they can see that there is a beacon of hope, that there is a beacon of light, that there is, there is something out there that is different than the norm and that they can experience that as well. And so, man, I, I'm excited about today. Um, we've been doing a fast over the last little bit. If you've been participating with that with us, thank you so much for doing it. Today ends 21 days. I'm getting ready to go eat some buffalo chicken wings right after this. And like I've been, I've been eight in 21 days. I'm just going to tell you that right now. I can't wait to eat some chicken wings. They're, they're from Jesus today. Tomorrow, it might not be Jesus's day, but today is going to be good. And, and but during, during this fast, uh, I believe that God has been speaking a lot of things for the, the future of our church uh, to me and, and, and helping me just see some things that I think where he wants us to go as a body and as a community. And a verse came to me earlier this week, and it's out of Isaiah 61. It starts in verse 1, um, and, and it's a great verse, and it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Another version says, God has given me a special purpose in life. I, I love that idea that God, God's got a special purpose for every single one of us. And he goes on to say, he has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. God is, has called us to do some things for him. Another version, the voice version of the Bible, it says this. He says at the end there, it goes through that and he says, be free from your imprisonment. Be free from your imprisonment. And I, I love that thought and I love that idea there. That God is trying to get every single man, woman, and child into this experience, this freedom that he's designed from us, for us from the very beginning. But yet sin and bondage and addictions and strongholds have been holding us back from experiencing the fullness of God. And God is saying today, man, as, as a church, as a body, as a community, that, that our role and our responsibility is to help people and to help ourselves be free from imprisonment. 
And I was thinking about imprisonment and I was thinking about the realities of life because a lot of people are imprisoned to to a physical prison you know there's bars and they're in a cage and and they're spending time there others of us we're in prison to addictions others of us are imprisoned to our past there's there's lots of things maybe it's an emotional imprisonment that we're facing right now or maybe it's a psychological uh, imprisonment that we're facing maybe it's a physical thing that we're being held back from from where we need to go but we're all facing imprisonment in some aspect in some way and I started researching and just thinking about people that are physically in a prison and, and what is that like and, and, and this responsibility that we're to be free from imprisonment. And I started finding some really, really interesting statistics. Did you know that 68% of people that uh, come out of prison within three years will be arrested again? It's a pretty high rate. And they say of that, of that the people that get released from prison... Uh, four out of 10 of them will return back to prison within 36 months. And, and that just kind of blew my mind because these people have been set free, but they haven't learned how to live free. And I put it in your notes like this. A lot of times for us, there is a big difference between being set free and living free. See, when we find Jesus, we've been set free, man. Jesus has set us free, but there's a big difference between being set free and actually living in that freedom. There's a huge difference between that. In fact, when I was researching, I found this story of a guy named Randall Lee Church. Uh, at 19 years of age, he ended up going to prison because he, he got into a fight and stabbed somebody. And he spent the next 26 years of his life in prison. So at age 45, Randall Lee Church is getting out of prison for the first time. He spent more than 50% of his life in prison. He's finally set free in life. And he goes out, and within 96 days of being free from prison, being free from being the confines of a prison cell, he goes out and he sets an abandoned house on fire and calls the police and asks them to arrest him again. And in this article, what he said is he said, I didn't know how to deal with freedom and wanted to go back to prison. Blew my mind. Didn't know how to deal with freedom and wanted to go back to prison. And so many times, I don't think that we're necessarily like Randall Lee Church, but I think a lot of times God has set us free, but we don't know how to live free. And so we naturally just go back to the place where we had always been. And it happens all the time. You look throughout history. You can look in the Bible. You look at the children of Israel. They had been enslaved for 400 years to Egypt. Moses comes in and helps them experience freedom from slavery from the Egyptians. And they get to the Red Sea. And at the first moment of, of some, some tension, in the first moment of, of having to make a decision, they look at Moses and say, man, it was so much better being a slave than it is being free. We want to go back to that. We want to go back to that way of living. They would rather be in prison than trust God to live in complete and total freedom. And I believe that God is this God that is trying to, to teach us that, man, it's not just about being free, it's about living free. And so many of us, we've been set free, but we don't know how to live free. I don't know if you guys remember this, but as a kid, um, I remember in my neighborhood, and, and maybe this will tell you a lot about my neighborhood, but... Uh, uh, in my neighborhood, I would see chains like this all the time, and, and they would 
we used to chain dogs up outside in like our front yard. Anybody you live in the neighborhood like that? Um, and, and, and if you still chain your dog up out front, I, I don't know if you're supposed to do that. You might want to check Google. Um, they, they're not very kind of that anymore. But uh, I remember as a kid, we would, we would go outside and we'd play. And there was a pit bull that lived next door to us. Um, I don't know if he was nice or not. I never got close enough to find out. Uh, but anytime that we'd be like riding our bikes or we would be out playing basketball or running around the neighborhood, when we would run by this house, that dog, he was chained to a picnic table out front, so we lived in the hood. And, uh, and if you've got a picnic table in your front yard, you might be in the hood, okay? I'm just telling you that right now. Uh, and, and so when we'd ride by, you know what that dog did? He took off after us. Like He's like, man, they're free. I want to be free. And he would start running off, and he would hit the end of that chain, and all of a sudden, you know, and, and that dog, all that power, all that speed, all that joy of going with us would get stuck stopped in that moment. It's like, bam, done. Stopped in his tracks. He could see what he could have, but he could never experience it. And I think a lot of us are a lot like that. God has set us free, and we can see the opportunity to, to live free. We can see that, but there are these things that we're still being imprisoned by because we've never learned how to live free. We never experienced the fact that we, we serve this chain-breaking God who more than anything wants to break the chains of bondage and sin and despair and addiction and depression off of our life so that we can live in the fullness and the freedom of, of everything that he has for us. And we miss it. And we miss it. And we, what we fail to realize is that when God sets us free, he intends for us to live free. When we have been rescued from the chains of bondages in our life, there is a responsibility that comes with that, not just to go through life and be rescued, but to turn around and start to help rescue other people. To be a rescuer to, the, to those that are in bondage because our God who breaks chains is looking for an opportunity to use us to help break some other chains in other people because the way that they're going to experience freedom is they're going to see some other people that are experiencing freedom and go, you know what, if they can do that, I can have that too. That's why as a church, we, we say all the time, we want to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, so they can know, and so they can follow Jesus. That's what we're all about. We want to we wanna be a church that's out there that is breaking the chains of bondages in people's lives so that they don't have to go through life being wrapped up in all of those things, but they can experience the freedom that God has given to us so they can experience the fullness of God who is a chain-breaking God, who the sun sets free, is free indeed. And so as a church, we're not just a hotel for saints. That's not who we are as a church. We are a hospital for sinners. Man, we're here to help break and set the captives free. We're here to help them experience the freedom of God in the midst of their brokenness. We're here to experience the freedom of God in the midst of their addiction. We're here to help them experience the freedom of God in the midst of the chaos of their life so that they can break free from the things that are holding them back and live in the freedom and the authenticity that God so intends for them. And we have an incredible community here. We do. Man, I, I love this community here. But our community here doesn't exist just for here. Our community here exists for the purpose of the world out there. That's what we're all about as a church. We're here to exist, not just for ourselves. And let me just tell you something. I love the community we have here. I'm so thankful for the community that we have. I'm so thankful for the relationships that spur me on personally, help me grow and challenge me and help me to become the man and the husband 
that God has called me to be. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that for anything, but this incredible community that we have and this experience that we're having isn't just for us. God has called us to shine and to shine brightly in this dark and, and dreary world, and he needs us to be the light of Christ. And what we have in here is awesome, but we don't experience the fullness of what we have in here until we take it out there for the world to see. And this is what I know. Mostly everything in this world that we're living for is temporary. There's only one thing that is not temporary in this world, and that is people. It's people. It's your spouse. It's your child. It's your coworker. It's your neighbor. It's the person you're going to lock eyes with Wednesday at Whole Foods when you go in there and experience your whole paycheck being taken. It's the orphan across the world that's hungry. And we can fill our lives with things that are temporary, and a lot of people do. But I don't know about you, but I want to live for something that lasts. I want my life to make a difference, not just for today, but for eternity. And my prayer for us as a church is that we wouldn't live for temporary things, but we'd live for the eternal things. People. And so today, I just wanted to take a couple minutes, and I just wanted to share some things that I believe that God is speaking to us as a church for the future, and some dreams that I have for us as a church together. I believe that God's been speaking these things, and, and so I just want to share them, and so this, will, this maybe will be a little bit different. If you're here for the first time, this is a great opportunity for you to hear the heartbeat of who we are as a church and what we value and, and what we're about, because I think that this is really, really important if this is a place that you want to call your home. Uh, this community and, and take ownership of it so you know that what we value. And, and so uh, this year, some of the dreams that I believe that God is speaking to me for us as a body is, is, is just community outreach. We are doing such an amazing job with community outreach in our, in our church. Um, in fact, we've been doing a lot of work in Collier City and, and because we're making such a difference in Collier City, organizations outside of Collier City that want to go in there and work, they're calling us to go in there because we, they know that we're the church that's making a difference. Like, that's something to be proud about, the fact that, that outside organizations are saying, you have all the contacts, you have all the relationships, you have all the influence there. Nobody else is in there doing anything, and you've taken a community where police officers have told us they just want to throw a grenade in there and blow it up, and you said, no, we're not going to blow that up. That's not the only hope for the community. The hope for that community is Jesus Christ, and we're going to be the face of Jesus. We're going to be the hands of Jesus. We're going to be the feet of Jesus in that community to a lost and broken and dying world, because if they don't find Jesus, you know what they're going to find? They're going to go right down the street from 27th to the jail. That is their reality, and I believe that God has a different reality for them, and we can be the hope that they need, and we're going to continue to be that. We're going to continue to go in there and do that. We're going to start doing even more things in our local communities. I believe that God has called us to make a difference locally. That's why we're doing unity in the community right here in Pompano next week. I would encourage you to come out for that, Man, we're just going to hand out free stuff to people, give high fives, bring hope to people all throughout the business community. We want to be a presence in our community so that if we were to ever leave, they would go, man, we lost the good guys. Those guys were making a difference because they were being the hands and feet of Jesus. They were fanatical and they were weird, but they were there. I'm okay with being fanatical and weird for Jesus. Like, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And I hope that you won't be either. I hope that Jesus fires you up enough in your life that you will not shut up about him. Yeah, somebody's like, let's go. The rest of y'all need to wake up. Man, we, we're, we're doing even more things. We have Serve Saturdays coming up. Um, we've been having uh, 30 to 50 people come up for Serve Saturdays. We have a goal of 125, which I think is a little, little weak. Um, I, I think we can do way better than that. That's like 20% of our church. I think we can have 250 people. But it's time for us to get out of the seats and stop consuming Jesus and start being Jesus to people. And so, like, let's, let's not be a church that just sits around and consumes it, but let's be a church that is out in our community making a huge, huge difference. I think it's so important that we do that. Um, a big thing for us is church planting. Uh, this past year, uh, in 2014, we helped plant 90 churches across the United States just like this. Um, and, and so we have a goal of this year, uh, uh, through our, of planting 120 churches, we think that this is huge. These, this is what a lot of your resources go to, is how do we reach more people for Jesus? Because it's not just about this church, it's about the church. It's about the big church. It's why we pray for other churches. How do we reach more people? passionate about it and the more generous you are the more we give away to people just how it works just how it works uh, I, i'm really really excited about what's happening uh, in global missions through our church um some of you guys know that we have uh, a campus in in africa in fact we just sent money to them to start building their building we just got we just got emails this morning of pictures of the pastor and video of them they're going crazy because of of your generosity you gave them over like a hundred thousand rand is that is that right ben hundred thousand rand i don't even know what that is but it's a lot of money so they could build the first building there for our plant there uh it's incredible and we're not just going to stay there we're going to go to honduras this year because uh right now uh it's got the worst, the most dangerous city in the world is in Honduras right now. More drug trafficking, uh, more human trafficking is happening throughout Honduras, and it's right across the Gulf of Mexico from us. And we say, let's not just go across the Atlantic. Let's go across the Gulf of Mexico and do something local here. And so we're expanding into that. I believe that God is going to do some great things through that. Um, I, I would encourage you to get involved in missions. We have some trips coming up this year. Uh, in fact, next weekend, we have an information meeting on a trip for Africa. If you haven't been to Africa, let me tell you something right now. Mission trips are not for you to go and change some other part of the world's life. Mission trips will change your life. You want to get fired up for Jesus? Go see how the world lives and see what you have. And you come back to America and all of a sudden you'll have a reality check of how blessed and how great and how awesome your God is. And the fact that he set you right here in the midst of, of overwhelming wealth and opportunity that we have before us every single day that we need to take advantage of, it will change your life. And so don't miss an opportunity. We're going to have multiple trips. We're going to have trips to Honduras. We're going to have some youth trips. We're going to have this trip. But don't miss on your opportunity to get involved. Go and be the hands and feet of Jesus to transform your life. Another thing that, that will be happening next weekend is, is we do child sponsorship in Africa. Um, right now we have about 200 to 250 kids that we're feeding every single week. We have a whole bunch of kids that are sponsored through our church. We want to sponsor the rest of them. We want to sponsor the rest of the kids that are in our area. We have a goal of sponsoring the rest of these kids. There's about 150 kids that still need to be sponsored. We're going to ask you to get involved. Be a part of their life. It transforms their life. You're going to see some videos next week that will rock your world. It will be rock your world, girl. That's what I'm talking about right there. In living color, rock your world. And so, like, man, we're going to make a difference because the, the Bible says that true religion is taking care of the widows and the orphans. True religion isn't showing up to church every week. True religion isn't reading your Bible. True religion is putting uh, feet to your faith. 
and is doing something. And so, man, we're not, we don't want to just be a church that sits on our butt. We want to be a church that's active and vital to our community and to our world. And so uh, I'm really, really pumped about that. Um, we have connect groups that are going on right now. Uh, we have 30 to 40% of the people in connect groups. I, I have a challenge for you. Man, don't just be church Sunday. Church on Sunday, you're wondering why your faith is stale. It's because your, your relationship with God is just Sunday. Do life with some other people. Get involved in a connect group. Get involved in a community. Don't miss out on an opportunity to expand your faith. Just take one of the seven nights a week that you watch four hours of Big Bang Theory and reduce that to one and go to a connect group. Change your life. Sheldon ain't changing your life. Jesus will, okay? And so do that. Get involved. Uh, another thing is, is we are committed to helping you grow in your faith, and so we need your help. Uh, inside your worship God this week, there's a line that has a survey and, and so we're asking for your help. We're asking for four minutes of your time to go online and take this survey. Not right now, because uh, I need you to pay attention to me. But right after service, it'll still be there. Go online, take this survey. It's going to help us so that we can build better programming for you and your kids so that we can help you grow in your faith. Uh, that's a huge thing for us. We want to create sermons and series that are based on the things that are their needs in your life right now that you need answers to so that we can help speak to the things that our community and our body here needs and not only that but we want to know the best way to communicate with you so that we can make sure that we're getting you all the content you need to grow in your faith with jesus and so we're asking you to help us do a better job of that and you're the best person at knowing what you need for your life i don't know what you need i wish i did if i did this would be so much more awesome i promise but i think we can do a better job and so we're asking for your help with that because we want to really help you grow in your faith, not just experience and know Jesus, but truly follow him with everything that you have. And so please, please participate with this with us and help us be a part of that. And then uh, two more things that I'm really excited about. Uh, I really believe that God is calling us to, to move forward um, this year and get our first permanent location. Uh, and so we're starting to look in that process. We're trying to find facilities right now because we believe that God is calling us to that. And so we're excited about that. We believe that that's going to be a step for us in the right direction of, of building a community that's going to be even better uh, because we're about reaching people. And we think that those facilities and different things will help us a lot with that. And then the second thing is, is because we want to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church. We know that it's not just about Pompano Beach and Coconut Creek, but we're going to continue to expand campuses. Uh, we're, we're looking at Boca Raton and Fort Lauderdale. We don't really have any idea right now. Some of you guys that live up north are probably happy about that. Some of you guys that live down south are probably happy about that. We're just excited. We don't have a clue how the, any of this is going to happen. Uh, let me just say that. But I do have some good news. I have some amazing news. Here's the best news of it all. Everything that we want to do in missions in Africa with building more care points and taking care of more children, everything that we want to do in Honduras with building another church there, everything we want to do here locally with reaching out to our community and doing greater things, with getting another building, with launching campuses, with making a difference here. You want to know what the good news is? And this is awesome. The great news is, is that we have every dime we need to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome, right? Yeah, like three of you are happy. Here's the bad news. It's in your pocket. I cracked me up. That's awesome. Resources are available. Resources are available. And... And this is what I've known. Everything that we've done has been a step of faith. From starting this church to starting this campus, which 
by the way, is a year old today. We'd never known how it's going to work or even if it is going to work. All we've done is we've heard God and we said, God, we're not going to, we're just going to be obedient. Just going to be obedient. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the formulas. Shayla has all the answers and all the formulas, so we just follow her. And so <laughs> we don't have it figured out. But we just know this, when God speaks, we just be obedient. And, and I believe that God is building some faith in us and he's challenging us and so what is this what does this look like for us what does this look like for us today i think there's three action steps that we need to take um and and the first one is this is we need to go where jesus called us to go we need to go where jesus called us to do go that's what we have to do as a church it's what we have to do as individuals we have to go where jesus called us to go i love what isaiah 117 says it says learn to do good which gives me a lot of hope because it says that, man, the things that I'm not good at, the things that you're not good at, maybe you're not good at giving, maybe you're not good at going, maybe you're not good at responding to things, maybe you're not good at serving. Those aren't the things that naturally just come natural to you. Here's the thing. God is saying, listen, you can learn to do those things. You can learn to be proficient at those things. You can grow in those areas of your life. He's saying, learn to do good. Seek justice. Help fight the oppressed. Defend the cause of the orphans. And fight for the rights of widows. What he's saying is is that your faith has to be more than belief. Your faith has got to become action. There is a responsibility. That's why he uses all these verbs. He says, man, learn, help, defend, fight, seek. He's telling us, man, there's something we have to do in order to go. We can't just hear and go, oh, man, I hope somebody else goes. We have to go. And here's the problem with the church today, and I think most Christians today. The problem with most Christians and most churches today is that we are bored. We are bored. And I know this because I have people coming up to me all the time going, hey, what do you think? Do you think we should have choirs, or do you think we should have contemporary worship? Do you think we should be about Armenianism, or do you think we should be about Calvinism? Do you think we should have... um, um, contemporary worship or should we have traditional worship do you think we should be sovereign sovereign or or and reverent or do you think we should be radical for jesus and they're more concerned about with things that don't really matter in the grand scheme of life they're bored with their christianity they're bored with their spiritual life and let me just tell you something if your spiritual life all that it entails is just showing up to church and filling in some notes every work week if if all of your spiritual life entails you just showing up to church and listening to a message and never actually applying that message i understand why your spiritual life is dead it's because you're bored and you're not active in it and if you want to see God do something radical in your life, I'll challenge you. Come in here and breathe in God's grace. Come in here and inhale his mercy. Inhale his love. And then go into a dark place in our community and go out and exhale, exhale his love. Exhale his mercy. Exhale his grace. And watch God do something radical in your life. It'll get you fired up because all of a sudden you're, you're putting some action to your faith. But to go where God is calling us to go, and I'm challenging some of you. That means getting out of your comfort zone. That means showing up to that missions meeting and saying, you know what, I'm going to commit to go to a mission trip. I'm going to commit to going and putting some action to my faith and seeing God wreck my world. For some of you, it means like giving up a Saturday, oh my goodness, your day off, to go and give that day to God, to go serve the hurting and the broken and the helpless in our community to make a difference and to shine and to shine brightly. Means for some of you, taking out those invite cards that you get every week that you know you got that neighbor you're supposed to invite and actually going and being the hands and feet of Jesus and saying, you know what, you need to come check this out. You need to change for good. 
We need to do something with our faith. Be active in our faith. We need to fight against the self-centered, uh, materialistic, self-natured world that we're constantly going up against. And we need to fight against that and say, God, I'm going to go wherever you call me to go. I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. I'm going to push against that, and I'm going to go. The second thing we need to do is we need to give what Jesus called us to give. We need to give what Jesus called us to give. Don't just give when you feel like giving. Be generous. Be generous. I, I, I'm not probably a naturally generous person because I'm naturally a pretty selfish person. Maybe some of you guys can relate. I like me a lot better than I like you. I'm just going to be honest. I, that, that's, naturally, that's how I feel. I like me better, and I want stuff for me. And so I'm naturally pretty selfish, and I'm learning to be generous. I'm learning, just like it says, we can learn to do good. I'm learning to be generous in life. And as I've watched extremely generous people in life, I've been learning a lot from extremely generous people. And the one thing that I've noticed about extremely generous people is extremely generous people don't just walk around uh, just giving flippantly to anything. Really generous people, the reason they're able to be so generous in life is because they don't give when they feel like it. They give when it fits into their plan. Because they're planning to give, because they're planning to put God first in their life. And I know that as Shayla and I have, have made this a principle of our life, and we've lived on this, and we said, God, man, we're going to trust you with the first, and we're going to return back to you our tithe. When we realize that everything that we have from God is a gift, and we return back a little bit, and then we look at our lives and realize, man, God, look at all the incredible things that you're doing in my life, how you're taking care of my family, how you're taking care of my bills, how you're keeping me in health. I start looking at all those things, and I'm, start, I'm blown away about how awesome God is and I'm so grateful for all that he does in my life. There's this attitude of gratefulness that stirs up because I get to play a part in making a difference in other people's lives by putting my faith and my trust in him and I give to him whenever he asks me to. Just do. And the generosity of our church, it blows my mind. I'm so thankful for those of you who are generous in this place. Because of you, lives are being changed, lives are being transformed. And I hear the stories about it all the time. I see the difference that you're making all the time. And I understand that you don't. And so maybe you're like, oh, I don't think we're that generous. No, you are. Man, I had a business guy that doesn't even come to our church call me up in, in November. And, and I went and met with him. And and, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for even sharing this story, but he, he told me, so I don't care. Um, and so I'm meeting with this guy, and he's, he's talking about how, how great we're doing in our community, how our community is being tra transformed and impacted because of us. He doesn't even go to our church, and he says, man, you're making such a huge difference. I want to play a part because you guys are so generous. You give. You make a difference. You're impacting people's lives. Uh, I know that your greatest need right now is a facility, and so whatever your church has raised, I'll match that. I'll pay for half of that. Yeah, only the people that are giving are excited about that. Everybody else that's like stingy is like, oh, who cares? It's because you're not playing a part right now. If you got some skin in the game, all of a sudden, when other people jump in the game, you're like, man, this is awesome. Like, people are seeing the difference that we're making, and they're saying, like, I'm not even a part of that, but I want to be a part. I want to be a part, and I'm so thankful that we are that way, that we're making a difference, and the difference we're making is absolutely unbelievable, and you are changing lives and transforming our community, and so we have to go where Jesus has called us to go. We've got to give what Jesus has called us to give, and finally, we've got to love who Jesus called us to love. We've got to love who Jesus called us to love. 
Because here's the deal. We, we want to break the chains in our life, and we want to break the chains in other people's lives. But the reality is, is by ourselves, we cannot break anyone's chains. We can't break anyone's chains. The only person that can break the chains of addiction, that can break the chains of despair, that can break the chains of poverty, that can break the chains... of your imprisonment is Jesus. He's the only one. The only reason we're able to act and do good and, and love is because he first loved us. That's why First John says, this is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. We're able to love and extend love and grace because we've been extended love and we've been extended grace. A lot of us think that the Christian life is all about us doing good. And let me just tell you something. The Christian life is not about us doing good. So many people think that that's what it's about, but never in your prayer, when you were giving your life to Jesus, did you say, God, I, I'm going to give you my life so I can commit to doing good. No, you, you went to Jesus and said, man, I'm a sinner. I'm a slave to these things. I need you to set me free. Thank you for dying on the cross. Help me to follow you. Because the Christian life was never about us committing to do good. It's about us remaining in Jesus, the one who does good things inside of us. The one who's centered inside of us. And Jesus knew this. That's why Jesus, when he was saying, man, go love the unlovable. Man, go, go love those who hate you and persecute you. Go do those things. He knew that in and of ourselves, we could not do that. That the only way we would have the ability to do that is if we first received his love, that we first experienced his love, and then we remained in his love, and we extended his love out to others. There's a lot of things we can do on our own. We can read our Bible. We can pray. We can memorize some scripture. What we struggle to do is love others unconditionally on our own. Because all of our love has strings and attachments and but Jesus' love it's a chain breaking love he breaks the strings and he breaks the attachments and the future of our church and the future of compassion for us relies solely on how dependent on Jesus we can be how much we remain in him. If you want to make a difference in this life, if you want to make a difference in this world, it begins and ends with us remaining in Jesus. With daily going, God, I need to be dependent on you. I need to be dependent on your love, and I need to experience your love. I need to feel your grace. I need to feel your mercy so that way I can give it right back out. more than anything, I want our church to be a church that's marked by love and compassion. And I'm committed to, to giving the rest of my days of my life to being a community that's marked by love and compassion. And wherever we're not marked, guys, that we would be so dependent on Jesus that we couldn't help but eventually get marked by him. And that we would shine and that we would shine brightly to this world.
We're all about loving God, loving people, and showing it. Let's pray. God, I just come before you right now. This is what I know about the majority of people is that probably the majority of us have been set free. We've experienced the freedom that comes through the saving grace of Jesus. And maybe there's some of you out here that have not, and and you can have an opportunity to do that today. And if you haven't done that today, I can guarantee you this. You're, You're like some people that have accepted Jesus that aren't living free yet. And this is what I know is that God wants to break the chains of addiction and bondage and poverty and injustice in your life here today. And he's just waiting for us to be dependent on him, to go, God, I give you everything. My dependence isn't on my abilities. My dependence isn't on my gifts. My dependence isn't on my my, uh, personality. My dependence is solely on you. And you do that by just saying, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of those things, which means I'm going to turn away and I'm going to turn to you. And God, I just pray right now that your would come and fill them up right now. That you would move in their life like never before. And the chains that are holding them back from becoming the man or the woman that you've called them to be, God, would be broken right now in the name of Jesus through the freeing power of your spirit. God, I pray for the rest of us, God, that we would be courageous and that we would be bold enough to go where you've called us to go, that we would give what you've called us to give, God, and that we would love the way you've called us to love like never before. And that, God, that today, that we realize that when we've been set free, that we're to play a role in helping freeing other people. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.